Right, so let's go to uh, John chapter 13. And uh, we'll be starting in verse 36. So, uh, yeah, in verse 36 it says, Simon, and this uh, takes place during the Last Supper also. So uh, Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Then in chapter 14 it says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me. They may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. So, uh, you see here, Jesus is uh, comforting the disciples when he says, uh, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. And uh, it's kind of shocking to me that Jesus has to be the one that comforts them, since he's about to be crucified. They should have been He's been telling them that, that he must die for them. But uh, instead, he's the one who's comforting them. And I think they couldn't really understand uh, what his plans were and what God's plans were uh, through all this. Since the Jews, and it mentions this in John uh, chapter 6, some of the Jews, uh, they were expecting Jesus to set up an earthly kingdom to a place where they were being oppressed by Rome. And uh, yeah, but the idea of a heavenly kingdom, that was so foreign to them, and that they couldn't even like, hope for that. And I think that happens to me. Sometimes I put limits on uh, what I think God can do, just to what I, I could see him doing. Like, they could imagine him overthrowing Rome. They couldn't imagine him saving their, uh, saving their souls and uh, redeeming them from their sins. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty shocking. And it's also, uh, I think that's just like a sign of my life I hate sometimes, where I put limits on God. And uh, but I'm very thankful that God's able to work in my life despite uh, me uh, not being able to see clearly all, all he has planned for me. Just like he's able to work through them since you see, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, like the way like Simon Peter acts, like despite all of Simon uh, Peter's mistakes, God's, he's still able to, uh, Jesus is still, still able to work through uh, all his mistakes. And he even, even after denying him three times, Jesus restores him. Amen. When, uh, and that's really encouraging since I could be a bit of a perfectionist and when I mess up, uh, I kind of get like down on myself since I'm like, man, I screwed it up. But, you know, like, Jesus could work despite all my mistakes. And that, that reminds me of when I was uh, first moved here, I was unemployed. And uh, I was applying like, sending out my job application to a ton of different jobs, a ton of different companies. And uh, normally you have a resume and a cover letter. And I sent one to Boeing. I was like, oh, this job's perfect for me, Boeing. It's not in Huntsville, unfortunately, but. Uh, I think it was in Florida. And so anyways, in my cover letter, I start describing myself. I am a software engineer. I'd be a perfect fit for this position. And uh, detailing all my work experience. And at the very end, for this job for Boeing, I said, I really look forward to working for Northrop Grumman. And I didn't realize it until I looked through it. And I was like, oh man, why did I do that? So I was like, how many other applications have I done that with? You know? But uh, funny enough, I did end up getting I did end up getting a job with Northrop Grumman. <laughs> so it's kinda of cool to see uh, how and this job, this current job I had in Huntsville is way better than the one I was applying for. So uh, at least, you know, Jesus was able to and, like God was able to drag me to to a path despite my, my mistakes. So that's kinda of cool to see. And uh, yes, and you know, like this faith and hope that we have and uh, 
it could be pretty overwhelming, but it's also important not to put limits on tasks. I think that limits like what I would be willing to do for others. Mm. So like uh, a, good, a good example of this is my cousin uh, Charlie. Like a few years ago, he got addicted to uh, prescription drugs, and it's a really rough situation. He wasn't saved at the time, and uh, it's pretty rough. And it's hard to imagine like how he's going to get like, out of this. Like and my dad said uh, something similar. Like he knows the cycle. Like once you get addicted, there's going to be like a downward spiral, and it's tough to really tough to break out of that. But uh, my whole family, we were praying for him. And uh, my mom, though, was like, really faithful. She's like, I know God could uh, bring him out of this. Yeah. And she kept sending him letters and, uh, to encourage him. Yeah. And by the way, I should have started a ministry uh, helping, like, helping other people struggling with that. Yeah. So I think that's really, uh, it's really cool to see. And it's cool to see how my mom, she didn't uh, like, give up hope. She, she believed that God could do anything. And me, like, I might have, like, I, I don't know if I would have done that, like, sending him letters, and it's like, what's the point, like, all that effort. Mm -hmm. But uh, having that faith that God can use that is uh, really inspiring. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, it's really interesting seeing this hope, and, like, how God can create something out of nothing. But uh, we can't ignore, like, the hope that we had in Christ came about by his suffering. And uh, at some point, for me to realize, like, I need to participate in that suffering also, as it says in Let's go to Philippians chapter 3. And uh, starting, it'll be verses 7 to 11. It says, For whatever were gains to me, and I consider loss for the sake of Christ, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. I have no righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. Righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Mm -hmm. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, coming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And I really like that <clears throat> last part, but it's really challenging. Uh, I want to know Christ, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. And uh, that can be tough, uh, since, especially in the U.S., we really we have like very comfortable lives in the U.S., I think. So it could be uh, tough to, but it's tough to uh, really understand how strong our faith is. It never really gets tested in a way that, like back then, they were being persecuted, you know, during the during Acts. And you see uh, the strong faith, though, uh, still still moved despite all that. And uh, we have to be willing to give up what we want. Like when we become Christians, we have to count the cost and know what we have to give up. We have to give up our ambitions for the greater goals of like serving Christ. We have to give up uh, some friends if they're leading us down the wrong path. And yeah, like Christianity is not a comfortable religion. We're not supposed to be comfortable. We're supposed to be seeking God. And especially uh, in things that I'm not strong in, like public speaking or you know, just like sharing my faith at work, that, that could be uh, tough. But I have to know that, like, as Paul says in Second uh, Corinthians, like, in my weakness, God is strong. Mm. I have to have that faith uh, to do that. So I have to be able to put myself and willing to suffer for Christ. Right. And uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, so uh, it, it can be tough, but I think it's definitely worth it. And just seeing Christ as a, obviously like the perfect example of his suffering on the cross, totally obedient, despite in the, in the garden, he's like praying for the cup to be taken from him, but it's, it's your will, God, not mine. And uh, I need to have that same mindset. So uh, as we take communion, I think it's important to uh, just focus on that, focus on the hope offered, and also the suffering, how we could imitate Christ in that. Yeah. Right, so let us pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, God, uh,